another episode of the Third Person Podcast. My name is Chris Milhouse, joined as always by my co-host, Mr. Daryl Hammond. How are you, Daryl? Never better. All right. And of course, we always we have, as always, our producer, Mr. Jim Search. Jim, how's it going? Stellar. Just absolutely. Right, you got a one word for dudes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wanted to see recently that um, New York is now a subtropical climate. No, like global warming. Yeah, like apparently at the Botanic Gardens, um, there's uh, plants that are growing outside of the greenhouses they have in subtropical climate because huh. of global warming. So, wow, here we here we are. Good times, man. I mean, look, the humidity is just killing me lately. I mean, it's been fine temperature-wise, but, God, the humidity has been awful. I hope you're enjoying L.A., Daryl. It was hot as fuck out here yesterday. Yeah, but at least you don't have the humidity there, though, you know? You're right. You know? <laughs> it's a little bit – makes it a little I mean, bit I, I was like in that. New Orleans all those years. I, I know humidity. Listen. It's pretty goddamn oppressive when it really gets up there over 50%. Oh, yeah, man. It's been brutal. We have a fucking storm coming in right now. It's about to, like, be a thunderstorm. So you guys may get to hear some fun sounds in the background, listeners, through the podcast. Um, Before we uh, keep going, I want to just remind everybody, please, to subscribe if you haven't already. And, uh, you know, do me a favor. Share all these uh, posts about the podcast on social media. You'll see us all post. Uh, Share, tell a friend, send it to a friend. Uh, You know, appreciate that. Give us five-star review. That would be awesome. Even if you don't think we're a five-star podcast, you're paying zero dollars for this podcast. So why not give us a five-star review uh, to, you know, say thank you for us uh, and uh, follow us on social media. If you don't already do that, uh, Daryl is at Daryl C. Hammond. I am at Chris Milhouse, two L's in Milhouse. And then Jim, our producer is at Jim search. Uh, but yeah, man, I mean, we, we have a, we have a really great guest to, today. I mean, he hasn't jumped on yet, but he will be soon. Um, yeah. Daryl, you know, out here, out here, folks say a lot of good things about this podcast, brothers. Yeah, yeah, man. A lot of good reviews, man. A lot of people are, you know, are are, are digging it, and uh, you know what? I I'm digging it too. I I enjoy I enjoy doing this every week, you know, or every other week whenever we get the chance. Listen, these these you were just saying. Uh, there's some folks who give us five stars, even if they don't think it. They think it's five stars. They just don't know how to tell us. Boom! There we go. They and I like it, Jim. Yeah. They don't. They don't know how to express themselves. In a well, that's how you do. Capacity. You just you, you hit the five star button, and then you make a little comment saying how much you enjoy us and how great you think we all are. Let's fucking rock it, man! Like, you know, like we're gonna keep we're gonna keep pumping these out. We got some really good guests coming up. Right. We're not allowed to say who the guests are, though. The guests coming up? Yeah. Well, I mean, we can with our next one. After this one, we've got the the great Richard Marks. We have Emmy, or I'm sorry, Grammy Award winning Richard Marks. Like, how cool is that? Like, the dude's a rock star. I mean, you 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 couldn't have grown up in the 80s or 90s like I did without hearing his music constantly. Like the dude is just an absolute like superstar. So uh, I'm I'm excited to talk to him. He's got a new memoir coming out, but uh, you know we've got uh, we've got another one that I, I don't want to mention yet because you know we gotta we gotta set a date. But uh, you know we got we got some political people coming up, and uh, you know maybe some some other special surprises. So you guys, that's why I say share this podcast, share the social media posts. Tell yeah, there's a really good one coming. That, yeah, um, it's we just nailed down a date, but. Uh... We made a lot of progress, and have we even been doing it a year? Yeah, um, we're, almost, we're almost at a year. I think we'll be a year in September, October. 
yeah, I feel like, yeah, I want to say September we dropped. Yeah, so. I think so. One remember that ago, guy? Uh, remember, remember when we did Rex Chapman? Yeah, of course. <laughs> That's the one everyone likes out here, plus the Jake Tapper one. Yeah, I mean Rex was great, man. I mean he's he's also become such a like polarizing figure on social media. Like everybody loves that dude on Twitter. He's such a big figure on Twitter. And you know who's also big figures? Uh Richard Marks, man, the guy we've got coming up on our next one. Uh Richard is just like he roasts people on Twitter. It's insane. Like he goes after people who try to like, you know, troll him on Twitter and he he destroys him like better than half the comedians I've ever seen do roast battle. It's in, it's it's incredible. Him and Rex Chapman are are, are good friends, so that's why I mention it. Mm. So that's I mean that's going to be a fun one, man. I mean this one today is going to be pretty fun. I mean, uh, how long have you known our, our guest today, Daryl? Um, forever and a day. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> I think our our guest today. I mean, I don't know if you've ever met him before he joined us, and I'm I'm assuming you met him when he did when he joined. But yeah, when he joined, 2003, I believe was his first season. Um, but you know, I mean, the dude is. I mean, like, I've spent I've spent a ton of time in this dressing room. Yeah, I mean, yeah. look, I refer to you as a legend from SNL, man. But this guy, I feel, is right there with you. I feel like you can you can call him a legend. I mean, the guy you don't get to be on SNL for what seventeen seasons without getting the title of legend, you know? Like, so <laughs> I feel like you know, or I should say, fourteen seasons for you, seventeen seasons for him, um, maybe eighteen. I can't remember, but. Um, yeah, Mr. Keenan Thompson is our guest today, and uh, I just got to say, Keenan, I met him for the first time uh, a couple weeks ago at Gotham. He rolled in with um, Judd Apatow to watch uh, the show and 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 just check it out and catch Seinfeld, who was popping in, and um, it was a, it was fun to meet the guy. He's such a nice guy. Like I've heard, you know, stories from you and all the other cast members we've had on on the, our podcast before, and they've talked about how great of a dude he is. So, like, I'm genuinely excited to talk to him and, and and get to have more of a conversation with him you know on the uh, on the you're gonna have to carry the podcast today i don't have it today no oh, i doubt that i feel like <laughs> you you and keenan are just gonna like kind of phase me out because you guys will just start talking about the, the good old days and uh you know any any sort of snl type of stuff so that'll that'll be fun i'm sure yeah all up to you I'll, yeah. I'll I'll provide a story to what I need to, but oh, man. <laughs> I'm worn out from that. I'm worn out from that friggin' and wonderful. Me and Greg Baldwin went to Irvine the other night, and you know it was the first time I played in front of a big house like that size in a long time. And you know I did 62 minutes, and Greg did 25, and it was like wow, that's you awesome. Know, it's one of those nights where you're saying to yourself, "I wish everyone could have a career like this." <laughs> you know that's great glad to hear it um if you have any more dates you want to plug i mean we plugged we've got, yeah, one got a bunch coming up uh but i i don't i can't remember one is on july 30th in vegas and then uh i don't know man this one in Venice beach one in Huntington venice, beach. the venice beach one you sent me a thing for it's a uh, friday september 3rd at a place called mm-hmm. sea legs with uh, mm-hmm. ahmed ahmed who's a really good comic very good dude um, that's again, Friday, September 3rd, a little ways out there, but you can get tickets now if you want to catch Daryl out in LA and Venice beach. Um, I, uh, I have the rooftop show that I do. That'll be on, uh, Monday, uh, the 26th, July 26th. That'll be 
a good one. That'll be a hot one. And uh, uh, Jim does one whatever, every Thursday or Friday? Uh, every other Friday. So uh, that's uh, Muddy Waters Comedy Show out in uh, Bed-Stuy at uh, Fulton Grand. Uh, you can get tickets at Eventbrite, or you can pay for them at the door and impress your date and pay in cash. That is how you get it done. There Just comedy and dating advice. That's what this show will provide you. What it is, so, guys. It's what it is. But uh, our guest. Like I said, our guest today uh, is the great Keenan Thompson, uh, who was actually just uh, nominated for more Emmys. Uh, so the, the guy, we've got Emmy nominated. I believe he already won a couple, I believe. Is that right, Daryl? Do you know? I don't know if he's he's won any, but I think he has. I mean, God knows he he deserves it. Absolutely. Yeah. But, uh, if you sit there year after year and watch this guy time after time, 50 times, 100 times, 200, 300 times walk out there, on the toughest, toughest stage on the planet, and and kill. Yeah, I mean, we're honored to have him today. And you got to uh, give you an award for stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the guy is, is very deserving of all the awards. Uh, everyone knows him and loves him, whether you know him from SNL or even his days before SNL. On uh, you know Keenan and Cal and you know uh, Good Burger, all that good stuff that he did beforehand. Um, but yeah, our guest today, like I said, Keenan Thompson. Let's see if he's ready to join us. Hey, Keenan. Hey, what's up, motherfuckers? What's up, dude? <laughs> um, good. Good to see you, my brothers. How are you? Good to okay. see you. What time did you get up today? Man, I was up early. I got up at like seven. You know, my kids are still very little, so I just got up and had some time right before they got up. Luckily, they stayed down till like 845, which was a miracle. Oh, wow. How many do you have, Keenan? Two girls. They're they're seven, and the little one is turning three in a couple of weeks. It's interesting with girls too. They're so inquisitive, you know. Oh yeah. I went to my daughter's pre-K one time, and I saw the way they resolved issues. Like the boys would get so upset with something they didn't understand, mm-hmm. and literally might hit the thing like it was they were trying to learn computers, and the girls would sort of get together and confer and ask questions. You know, they're <laughs> like, but they're like. Uh, 60 minutes like yeah. daddy how come sharks are so mean uh yeah they don't, they, they don't let you off the hook bro they have a more communal kind of vibe you know just instinctively you know they like to come together and figure things out like guys yeah. we're all just like you know apes just like you said banging on it like you know like what's the matter with it <laughs> <laughs> Was it um was it tough to have them at home all the time during the pandemic and you're doing all that stuff? I mean, I saw you put them on one of the sketches. Which yeah, was- yeah. I mean, that was fun, actually. You know, like, it was just such a, you know, weird, mysterious time. It seemed like, you know, the most to be concerned of was just keeping everybody together. So I was kind of happy that we were, you know, kind of around each other. And yeah. one less thing to worry about at the moment, like, you know, everybody understands that we kind of got to, you know, stay in the house and stay safe and stay away from, you know, others or whatever for a while until we figure out what's going on and blah, blah, blah. So it was very stressful and doing the show was actually like, you know, kind of a release. It gave me something to do instead of pacing around the house. Yeah. But I remember when, you know, years ago when there was anthrax in the building and it was, um, it was so weird for that 8H and the 8th floor to not be home, yeah, safe, stable. How long uh, did that go did you, on? Uh, that it was like a day. Okay, yeah. And, and did you experience anything like that? 
Yeah, I didn't like necessarily like watching, you know, that version of the show. What I liked about it was being able to see, you know, the continuance of the creative people that I get to be around and stuff like that. Yeah. New ideas and watching them perform. But underneath the umbrella of it being like Saturday Night Live, it just felt not that, you know what I'm saying? So it didn't feel great. And then... yeah. The next episode, you know, felt better just because, you know, we had established a new kind of show to watch. You know what I'm saying? So the second one was like, oh, well, this is getting better, of course. Like, we're familiar with how it looks and blah, blah, blah. And then the third show was just a knockout, but it still wasn't home. So that was very jarring. Yeah, it was very Yeah, Yeah. really weird. It's like converting from baseball to softball for a day or two and now back to baseball. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's too much. So, yeah, I mean, Daryl Daryl was telling me, like, you know, to, with his experience, I mean, as the announcer, they wouldn't let him do it live. He'd have to go in and, and record it, like, a day before and take a bunch of that's tests. That's so crazy. That's so crazy. Yeah, it's, it was just wild to, like, see how, like, everything was, like, planned out. Like, I mean, everything was, like, meticulous. Like, they had some sort of operation. Yeah, and it's like- they, because they're working with the government and all that, it became very, like you know, health, you know, World Health Organization, everything, basically. So how was that yeah. for you, Daryl? When would you come in? Well, I was coming in last year pretty frequently to record on Fridays for Saturday. Right. But, I mean, you know, it, it's very strange for it to, to not, for me, to not be a partially social visit. Yeah. You know, because you don't want to walk around and say hi to people. I mean, that's part one of the perks. Exactly. And, and I wanted to go in to see Jenna in the studio, right? And man, they were put me in like in a hazmat suit and shit. It's fucked up, man. That's some that's some fucked up shit, man. That is some <laughs> fucked up shit. Man, that's fucked like up. Like fucking double mask and visor and gloves and gown and whoa. Let's defuse this bomb. That's <laughs> I'm well, just wondering what it's going to be like this year. Are you are you back over this year? I'm going back, and I went back, like, almost, like, two weeks after the show ended, and, like, they had lifted all of that shit. You know what I'm saying? There was nothing, like, <laughs> they were like, ah, fuck it, whatever, like, man. ropes in the hallway and all that extra shit. It was still, like, capacities, I guess, in rooms or whatever, but since people have been getting vaxxed and we hit that, like, 70% mark or whatever, it was just, like, people yeah. still wearing masks, but there's no more, like, instructions and you can only go this certain way to the elevator and you know oh uh, yeah but you're coming back you're coming back one more season then is that right i mean at least i'm trying to get to 20 you know oh shit there you go i think you know it's it's so close like why not so it's doable you know what i mean i think so and then after that it's like i i'm i'm kind of at a point where like do I even necessarily ever have to leave? And somebody like fucking throw me <laughs> out of there. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> well, they won't let Daryl leave. That's well, what I'm I mean, I, I think I've worked there every. I have worked there every year since '95. Sometimes a little, and sometimes a lot. But yeah. I've never not worked there. Yeah, you know, that's incredible. I mean, why? Why wouldn't I work there if some <laughs> they keep they're throwing work at me? I'm taking it. Yeah, exactly. That's that's my whole point. You know what I mean? So Well, I mean, yeah. we'll see how it goes with like, you know, you got that sitcom, Keenan, which is great, and it's it seems to be a success and you got season two coming up. I mean, that yeah. they, they seem to be pretty flexible with like you doing that, flying back and forth kind of thing. 
Well, yeah, but that's going to shoot from like August to November. You know what I'm saying? And then I have however long, you know what I mean, to do whatever. And it's like, should I be fishing for a job or should I be already back two feet in a job, you know, from as soon as I can get a moment's break or whatever and get back to a schedule that has breaks in it. You know what I'm saying? Like SNL has mm, some sweet ass breaks built in. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, it's, like, sk- it's like three weeks from on August and then... to November and SNL starts in October. Exactly. So yeah, you're shooting it, in New York. You do what? Three weeks on and then two weeks off. I think is usually what it goes. SNL, something like that. I yeah, mean, it's not a pandemic. Three one, three and two, you know, but like last year we ran, I think, shit, we came out of the gate with like six in a row or something like that. And yeah, it's because of the election, right? Well, it's because of COVID. COVID. We had to like try to get as many before we had like an indefinite shutdown, we thought, after the six episodes. So it's like, well, at least we'll have, you know, six weeks maybe of reruns until things can calm down and we can come back or some shit like that. So there was a lot. And then we just did three and, you know, three to end the uh, the year, but when we came back, we came back to like four in a row or some shit like that, or you know, okay. maybe another five or six, or five. whatever it was. It was a lot in a row, and it's never really been like that. Yeah, I mean, I remember this... what, I mean, oh, four in a row is like mind bending. Six, yeah, I remember seven four in, in a row was like a mountain. Yeah, yeah, and seven in a row, I, I, that's that's otherworldly. Yeah, it has to be like you know, I was watching that you know. Uh, what is it, the the Sid Caesar show, you know, whatever his show was called? Show of Shows? Show of Shows. And, like, they were talking about that schedule, basically, back when they were doing, like, I don't know, like, 100 maybe or so shows a year, as opposed to, like, 22, you know what I mean? Like, they would just continue to work around the clock or some crazy shit. Yeah. And the amount of, like, they all, you know, had, like, you know, heart disease or, <laughs> you know, at a young age, or alcoholics, shit like that, like drug issues. Um, so, yeah, you got to give the mind a break. You know what I'm saying? You can't be mad at people when you see them on vacay. Yeah, whenever, you know, everyone talks about at the end of the year, I'm so tired, I'm burnt out, I need a break. It's not because of the physical part of it at all. No. I mean, they're not asking you to do a thousand push-ups. No. You know, a whole oh, bunch of... It's the nerves. It's the mind. It's the mind. Absolutely. The mind has all the power in the world. You know what I mean? So if you're running that, you know, and I don't know how good your fan system is, you know what I'm saying? Like you might be overheating that thing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I mean, we've had a lot of other uh, cast members on, you know, past and present, like, you know, both are on a podcast here and like, they've all said about just how, how much pressure they feel. So like, you know, a lot of times, you know, you, you just, you're trying so hard to hit, hit it out of the ballpark, you know, and you're trying so hard to like, I really want to put on a good show. I want to put on a good performance. I want to, I want to crush this sketch. I want to get this sketch on. Like all that stuff adds up, man. Like where you're just like, you know, if people go, well, well, you only work three weeks. It's like, yeah, but those three weeks, man, we're working like, you know, like crazy hours and it's, and it's a lot of pressure and it's a lot like, you know, things change last second. You're trying to, you know, memorize the new lines or, you know, things like that. So I yeah. feel like people don't really realize sometimes about how, just how, how much you guys do and how much you go through over there, you know? No. And, you know, it's, it's hard to explain. Like, you know, people, you know, there's the book, you know what I'm saying? My manager wanted me to read the book before I auditioned for the show, but I'm, I'm a bad reader. So I never got around to it, but he would, you know, go through it in detail, just in conversation and shit about how stressful it is or how competitive it is and this, that, and the other. 
And it was like one ear and out the other. You know what I'm saying? Like until you're in it, you don't really get it. Yeah. It's like imagine just carrying that stress 24 hours a day for three weeks or four weeks or an entire season or whatever when it's your first year or, or first few years and shit like that. You know what I mean? And learning how to mitigate that with the fact that you're basically doing time at 30 Rock. You know what I'm saying? And like you have mitigated. A bios, like a biosphere. Yeah, you've kind of like minimalized your abilities to do normal interactions with like family or friends and this, that, and the other because your schedule is upside down and you're hyper-focused and it's annoying kind of to be around people that don't understand that or can't help pacify that. So, you know, it's, it's a very limited group of people that, you know, dwindles down to understand what you're going through that are in your like regular life. And that becomes very isolating. So like just pushing back against all of that to kind of just stay in a happy place as a person. It's a lot, man. It's a fucking lot. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. a lot of like standups like Daryl, I mean, I'm just obviously you know, off the top of my head, like Pete Davidson, uh, him and I have been buddies for a long time. And like, you know, like Brooks Wheeler. I mean, just trying to think of like guys that off the top of my head, even Melissa V like they've come in and do stand up on Tuesday nights at Gotham just mm-hmm. to kind of have that like little, like, getaway type thing like oh i love doing stand-up let's let's kind of get my mind off of snl for a minute because you're about to go in that night to start doing the writer's night where you go in for like long hours but before you do let's do let's do a little you know let's, let's get a little relaxation there you know let's, yeah, like, let me do something that i know i do well you know what i'm yeah, saying who doesn't want to do that you know what i'm saying like let me just you know bust out this good you know turkey burger that i like to make <laughs> before i go to work it'll make you feel much better i'm sure it just puts you yeah. in a stronger mood and, for And every for, once in a while I would I would try to act like I was not in a biosphere and that I could just go out and do normal stuff and you know, you go over to a friend's house for dinner and after a while they're like, um, is there something wrong here? Why are you don't know, <laughs> be present? You know, um, did I do something wrong? Mm-hmm. Don't you not like the food? And I'm like, No, like um President Obama's coming tomorrow, and uh, <laughs> I have this bit where I'm Dick Cheney, and I'm really worried about. It and but it's President Obama, yeah. and Dick Cheney. Okay, okay, and it's got to go right. They don't, they don't get it. Yeah. it. They don't get the it's got to go right. Yeah, they're like, oh, yeah. you'd be fine. You'd be fine. You've done this forever. You're good. Right? <laughs> Isn't this what you do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. but. Yeah, they, they don't take into account that so much stuff can go wrong. That's the other part of it. You know what I mean? Like, that's the other part I had to learn how to, like, not overstress over every small detail. Because at some point, there's some guy who doesn't give a shit about your sketch that has to press a button, hopefully on time. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, if you don't do the rounds and meet your crew and kind of know people and have a rapport... You know, he might fall asleep and then that, you know, tanks a big moment in your sketch, which could which could tank your sketch. And if it's on, you know, live, God forbid, now you got to, like, be aware enough to kind of ad lib out of that moment or some shit like that. I, I still kind of nervously laugh at shit when it happens like that. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> well, Daryl told the story. Funny. I mean, Daryl, you've told that story a couple of times about how like scaffolding fell on you one day and like, you know, then you got like stuff in your eye from the makeup and then you're like, out, you know, they're throwing you out there like, go do this impression. Pancake and, like, in your mouth. 
Yeah. And then, yeah, it was a sketch we were doing with Molly Shannon when she was playing the 50-year-old dancer. Uh So I was supposed to play Tony Soprano, which is like a really peculiar voice to do anyway. Let's have a little bit. Huh? Let's have a little bit. (laughs) Have a what? Let's have a little bit of Tony Soprano. I want you to do a little Tony. All I can tell you is that one time I had dinner with him, (laughs) and one time... Uh, he he was he he asked me if I was okay because he was implying that I was drinking too much and I'm like, what do you think I'm drinking too much? <laughs> and Keenan, he said to me, Jesus fucking Christ, Jesus fucking Christ. And I was like, did you just say Jesus? <laughs> you said Jesus. I was like, I'm here and Tony James Gandolfini said Jesus. I'm the only one who heard it. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> <laughs> so great. anyway one time i was going from like dan rather to, to gandolfini and molly was on molly was on fire and dress rehearsal and they had three new cue cards but i had chalk in my mouth or pancake a little glue in my eye <laughs> and i i hit a scaffold and it fell on my head so i was really and keenan have you ever gone out there and the cards aren't there oh um, yeah I, I mean there's like wait, we're on and the cards aren't here. Like there, there were like these two new cards, three new cards. And so the stress of that for me, you know, I just buckled. And the next thing you know, I wasn't doing Gandolfini. I was doing Marlon Brando and shit. Cause I couldn't. <laughs> <sighs> that, that'll throw anybody. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I'm like going all of a sudden I'm doing Marlon Brando and this yeah. thing. And, and it was like, but luckily, Molly was on fire and saved the piece because I didn't carry my end. Oh, man. I mean, I was just thinking about how incredible Molly Shannon was, I think, either last night or this morning. Like, just flat out in fucking incredible. Like, yeah. so funny. So, like, not trying that hard, you know what I mean? But just a fucking force. Like, it's unbelievable. It's a force. Yeah. And I, I've tried to tell people, you know, about her, like there's 275 people seated. Okay. So out of those 275, everyone laughs as loud, as hard as they can. It's ha ha and expending all their oxygen, right? The sound that room makes, you don't hear it that often, but with Molly, man, it was just like one laugh after another. Yeah, where you get every person in the room laughing as hard as they can. Incredible. She kills like every role. I mean, not just SNL. Like she, she had like a small role. I saw this movie on TV a couple weeks ago, um, Talladega Nights. You know, the Will Ferrell movie. I was movie. about to say, I know Talladega Nights. You're yeah. probably going to say that she fucking destroyed that it, it shit. It was a small role that she was just played the the wife of the owner of the race car and literally just crushed it where i'm laughing i've seen that movie like fucking 10 times and i always laugh at her when i see her on there she's like making out with an old dude (laughs) like x factor like that shit's not on the page you know what i'm saying like that's why you hire actors and real performers you know what i mean like a lot of the women from snl have been like that you know they're all very big forces of nature and you know you see it in like you know is it Catherine? Catherine hahn is that her name uh, who's in um, Step Brothers? 
Oh, right. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it is Catherine Hahn. Yeah, I think. Yeah, she's like another, you know what I mean? Just. Oh, she's excellent. I, I was surprised she never made it to SNL. She's so great. I'm sure she had a decision that was made at some point, for sure. Oh, yeah. She, she was fantastic in Step Brothers and all those other movies. She had her, she's got, you know, a couple of breakout roles out uh, on, and like Will Ferrell kind of like a lot of his movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. getting back to what you said. I want to yeah. get back to what you said about it not being on the page. Yeah. When you look at the script, mm-hmm. you know, you go, but you're like, I'm in this damn thing. Yeah. And I'm looking at this script and I didn't see all those laughs. But no. <laughs> the, well, have you, have they, you ever seen just, it where there's no, there's no cue cards at all where you just show up and there's nothing there? No, there are cue I cards, mean, but sometimes they write scripts knowing that Molly's going to think of something to do. Yeah. Absolutely. Just get her out there and give her a framework yeah. and let yeah. her do her thing just let her yeah. go or notice what she's doing and then write accordingly you know what i'm saying just mm-hmm. like, just put a section like we're thinking molly will fill in here and then <laughs> just start yeah. like, what she's doing i, I remember <laughs> she used to do that to us and nickelodeon yeah. like they would write all this you know mundane shit and then we would rehearse and ad-lib a bunch of shit and then the script would reflect the ad-libs you know what i'm saying so they were basically just taking yeah. record of us you yeah. know what i'm saying so yeah. You gotta have people like that. Absolutely. Keenan, you're nominated for another Emmy. I mean, yeah. Do you have any of those in your house yet? Did you win some or are you just nominated? I won one. Yeah, we won one for the uh, Comeback Barack song. That yeah. And so, um, what do you have to do to get an Emmy, bro? <laughs> good question. That's what kind of stuff do you have to do? No. I, I want to say congratulations. I was just telling Thank them in the, in the precast before the show what it was like to work with you all those years. I think that stage is the toughest stage in the whole world. And to see you kill, kill just, I'm going to say hundreds of times. 17 seasons, man. That's impressive. And you got what, four Emmy noms and one Emmy? Yeah, I mean, not to be corrective, but yeah, I, you know. It's 18 and five Emmy noms. Okay. There we go. There we go. See, I'm not, I'm not on it, man. Like, <laughs> well, my point is they don't give that shit away. Keenan. No exactly. doubt. You deserve, I mean, and you deserve to correct people because I'm of campaigning. Fucking I'm Emmy always, TV. you know, campaigning to try to figure out, but you know, the campaign is in the work, you know, Tom Hanks said it. He, he wants to do the work first and then get super paid later. Like I, I get that mentality, mm. you know what I'm saying? Because who cares? Like if you're, you know, America's sweetheart, but your shit is lame, you know, like that, that's a dynamic that makes no sense. Wait, can that be like a meme or a bumper sticker? You know, (laughs) if you're America's sweetheart, if your shit is lame. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I mean, if Tom Hanks was like a mediocre actor, I mean, come on, like the guy kills every role he plays, like, you know, and that's, that's going back to what you're just saying. I mean, that's, that's how you get to be, you know, to get the recognition and you, you deserve it so i mean right. congratulations and i hope that you get the uh these ones that you're just nominated for man yeah man i appreciate it you know trophy or no trophy you know i'm, I'm already taking the w just being acknowledged you know what i'm saying so. yeah no it's a it's a huge honor dude i mean look i can't remember a time where you weren't acting man so like you okay. you've been on you've been doing this a while so you very much deserve it i mean um did, i mean this is this is a question i wanted to ask did you ever have a job before acting like did you ever have like a regular job no, I, no. I, I cut grass when I was little, you know what I'm saying? For like the neighborhood people or whatever, like 20 bucks, you know, yeah. or whatever. Or I know your mama and thanks without <laughs> any payment or whatever, but no, I've never. 
Yeah. Uh, You've also been working since you were a kid as an actor, man. You've been on this stuff. I mean, uh, what was it? Keenan and Kel, what, 25 years, man. How do you feel about that? Unbelievable. You know what I'm saying? Like, my fucking knee hurts. That's why I'm getting MRIs (laughs) on my knee right now, because I'm 43. (laughs) That's that's my new life. But, yeah, man, it's, you know, I, I feel like I miss my people. Like, it's been 25 you know, we did four seasons of it, so that means it's probably been like 20 years since I've seen some of the crew or some people that were around back then, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. Wow. Well, you I mean, you reunited with Kel, I think, what, a couple times, right? Oh, yeah, Kel's my brother. I see him all the time. I mean, yeah, I but like that. publicly on like, I think Fallon or something, right? Yeah, we, we reunited on this Good Burger sketch. It was Yeah, it was yeah. Cool. Yeah. People still come up to you, quote all that stuff to you? You still get that a lot? Thousand percent. Yeah. <laughs> all the time. Anytime I post anything, there's always somebody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you remember uh, that update we did uh, after that guy, uh, Kramer, from Seinfeld, uh-huh. had that controversy? Do you remember the update we did? No. You were Al Sharpton and I was Jesse Jackson. And, oh, yeah. I remember you, that. You, that was the first time I ever did an update with you. And, um, there's a great example of what you're talking about. So I'm looking at the cue cards and you were getting like this monster laughs, just boom, boom. And I looked over, I was watching you. And then I looked at the card and I go, that shit is not on the card. That ain't on the card. It ain't on the card, my bro. On the card, man. It's like, uh, I don't know. I guess if you got to, if you're going to score over there at SNL, you got to have some shit that ain't on the card. I mean, but that is something that I definitely have learned from great impressionists like yourself. Like once I heard you say that you went and sat with, I think it was Clinton. Like that's when you said you really like got his like essence and how to reflect that no matter what you were reading, you know what I mean? And that's how you make the shit funny. So I was, you know, I'm, out of nervousness, you know, my energy is very big or whatever when I'm not necessarily confident, you know, early performing or whatever, I was probably filling up the room just because there was a lot to fill up. Basically, there's a lot of people's minds to convince in my mind, you know what I mean? So like force would be the way I would get it across. Yeah. You know, you know, mannerisms and shit like that, you know, you're a professional at Like when you were doing Jesse Jackson and you would do the show with the shoulder wiggle, and the you know uh, you know just the like the head shake and all of that every time that <laughs> it was like a little <laughs> a posture reset like that's a thing that the audience can connect with like they they see that that's a subtlety that you're giving them basically and it invests them in what you're saying even further so my version of that was always like big especially for Sharpton just because he's big and preachy anyway. Mm-hmm. But, you know, people with big voices like that, Steve Harvey, Charles Barkley, all of that is just like forceful and then point out their subtleties and shit like that. So, you know, to you, the Don, I salute you. Well, listen, <laughs> it was amazing to be out there with you. Those were big laughs. You were fucking. You were oh, popping. man. Good times. Good fucking times. Hell yeah. Well, I hope I see you over there in the fall. I'm, I, 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 I want to come back. I'm, I'm all weirded out about this Delta variant, and I don't know if that's going to be dangerous. You know, I don't know what it's weird. It's just I don't know what the hell is going to happen. Yeah, I mean, for the for the vaxxed, you know, you can just stay, 
you know, diligent with your masking and, and distancing, I guess, for a while, especially when flu season comes back around, you know, just stay on your hand washing shit and your fucking, I would continue to mask when you're in, you know, buildings or crowds and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? And just get through it. And then, you know, we'll probably be getting booster shots in January or some shit like that or whatever and have more research and just let the time pass without risking your life. Like, there's no reason to, like, go to a concert without a mask right now, even if you are vaxxed. You know what I'm saying? It's like, go to the concert, but, you know, maybe, I don't know, try to keep some distance or, you know, wear a mask or whatever. I don't fucking know, man. I think we're all just just trying to figure the same shit out, man. I mean, we're all just at the mercy of our leadership, you know, <laughs> at least we have some decent leadership comparatively to what we had, you know. I mean, the one good thing about it is, like, this is the most one-world time there's ever been, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so we're all in the same boat, man. A global crisis to happen, like, we're all exchanging information in real time and shit like that. It's like, yeah, this is a blessing that, you know, kind of we're at the state of technology we're at, so. But this is also why yeah. it drives me nuts yeah. that, like, you know, people don't get vaccinated, man, because it's like, you know, not to be preachy or whatever, but like there's other countries, there's people in other countries that would just kill to have some sort of vac- yes. vaccine. And then there's people here that are just, nah, I don't want it. Cause you know, you could still get it even if you're vaccinated. It's like, look, so much you're not going to go in the hospital. You're not going to die if you get it. Like, just let's get rid of this shit. And these control so much misinformation, man. And so much you know, pick a sidedness in America right now. You know what I'm saying? It's just, reflecting in the fact that yeah there's a fucking real outbreak going on in a lot of places where people refuse to get vaccinated and it's just facts yeah that's what they they say a lot of these numbers in the hospital especially like out in la that's all these big numbers that uh, that are you know people hospitalized they're all on they're all unvaxxed they said like it's like I think it was like 100% at one point of all the patients it's beyond, that were there were all it's on beyond the politics. It's, it's not politics. You it's know what not, I'm it's just, it's science. Science, man. Trust the science, people. Trust the science for the love of God. But, I mean, how do you like doing stand up? It terrifies me still. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a thing that, like, I don't know. Maybe I need to figure out a way to rehearse it without it being in front of people. You know what I mean? Have you done it already? front of people yeah I've, I've done like college gigs right you know where you remember the one me and you did like you killed it i never seen anything like that first of all daryl was mad late and i had to stretch so this is my first time doing stand-up besides like my audition god damn it daryl <laughs> yeah like i had to stretch you know past whatever i had like 15 minutes or some shit it was no, no big deal and you know my thing was like just telling my story or whatever. So as I did more gigs, um, I got, you know, better at just standing up there by myself. But this was my first time. And then they were like, stretch it out and like do some more shit. Oh, God. So I'd like stretch for like five minutes maybe. And then I just tossed it to Seth because he was next. And then they made Seth stretch it out or whatever. And then when he was done, like two minutes later, Daryl walked in the door, went straight out on stage and killed for an hour and a half. And I was like, yo, what the fuck just happened? Like, he wasn't even waiting on laughs. He was just rifling off fucking so much information. It was fucking crazy mixed with impressions and shit while just basically kind of leaning on the mic stand behind him. You know what I mean? Just spitting. I was like, wow, that's impressive. So, wow. <laughs> I, gonna, I thought you were going to say I, had, I struggled that night. Um, no, I thoroughly remember that night. In, in my mind, it was a fucking 
assault rifle. <laughs> it's fucked up. <laughs> well, I'm goddamn glad of that because yeah. I didn't remember it too well. Well, we got to get you back out there, man. When, when are you going to start, uh, you know, hitting some comedy clubs and, and jumping on stage? I mean, I, I really want to climb that mountain, you know what I'm saying? So I'll figure out exactly how to get a circle of friends to where I can build 10 minutes I can remember and then just start, you know, hitting yeah. with five minutes that I can remember and seeing how it feels. Because I've done it, you know what I'm saying? Like, I go to all these college gigs since that was my first season. So, like, 18 seasons worth of hey, book a night with Keenan, and I get up on stage and do 30 minutes of, like, my life stories from here to there, you know, with some, you know, hopefully, like, jokey reactions kind of built into these stories. And then 30-minute Q&A that's always, like, fun and reactive and, you know, just, you know, the crazy part of the show or whatever. And that's my hour, you know what I'm saying? And I've done that for years. But that's not necessarily a stand-up set. That's not observances. That's okay. not jokes yeah but it's you know it, I mean? it, it, it it incorporates stand-up and it's a kick-ass show yeah that's so you know, the biggest, it's a show well that's also going to yeah. prepare you for when you do stand-up because you've already got the stage chops obviously you already had that on snl being an improviser but stand-up is different and it takes time to really i mean learn that you're hey, it's just you you know you can't really like hope that someone's gonna you know jump on stage and 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 you know help you out so that's, what I don't, that's what i don't want you know what i mean that's what i consider damn near unprepared is like people that allow the audience to talk damn near you know what i'm saying it's like yeah yeah i felt does it just because you know it's probably like a, a tradition of his or whatever and it's just fun you know but people that probably rely on crowd work to kind of like get them through their sets feel like you know they don't have a set to me you know what i'm saying it's yeah, like there's there's a few that are masters of it man i mean there's a few that are just it, they they it's actually a lot of stuff that they pre-written in their head but they yeah. make it look so seamless by just you know yeah. getting the answers out that's of what i don't know you know what i mean I yeah to, yeah the crowd you know, is amazing that's what yeah makes yeah i mean it actually is a set in a way because they've been doing this for years and they record every set and every time there's a certain kind of situation in the audience mm-hmm they're like Richard Pryor when he would just throw stuff out. Mm-hmm. When it would hit, he'd write it down. Right. So years later, it looks like it's coming off the top of their head. But you know that right. that yeah. that act happened in around the country over the last ten years. To put that, they're not just. Yeah, I've, I've heard that. You know what I mean? Like I listen to a lot of like stand up on the radio, and anytime I hear like you know a Richard clip or a Martin Lawrence clip, even you know it's a lot of even Chris Rock. You know it's a lot of the stand-up club version of their specials, basically. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, like, I've even been around stand-ups long enough to have seen them tell the same joke for years and years and years. Yeah, yeah. Why don't you and I do a show sometime? I would love it. I mean, I got 30 minutes. Like, I know I can stand up and talk for 30 minutes. Look, guys, I mean, as long as I can host this show, I'm into (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, whether or not it's a killer fucking joke-telling type comedic mind version of things, I don't know. Like, I feel like I need to sit down and, like, really formulate that out for real. If I was Chris, look, Chris, you're a producer. You you know, Chris, you produce great shows. Put it together. I'll fly to New York. Oh, absolutely. Anytime you guys want to do it, well, I'll set it up. I'll, I'll get a good room going. If if not at Gotham, then somewhere else, you know, like I'll, I have yeah, a, set it up. I do a yeah. rooftop thing sometimes, Keenan, in, in, in New York. And uh, 
you know, I've had everybody come through. Melissa V just did the last one. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of fun. It's just yeah, a, like real standups are so great when they get on stage. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, regardless of anything that's happening, they have pivot material. You know what I'm saying? And they always, can always, always. pivot into something that they do very strongly. Yeah. And I admire that. You know what I'm saying? Like a sketch is different. Like a sketch, you have maybe the first 10 seconds to catch people. You know what I'm saying? And then it's like, mm. If you don't catch them with the setup being intriguing enough for a big entry, then you got to catch them with some kind of immediate, you know, sound reaction. So if you're doing an impression, it has to immediately sound like the person, like you're Gandolfini. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And that's how you win them over or whatever. And then you have to keep them. So you have eight to 10 pages to go, basically, to make this thing fucking work. But you really only have the first like ten seconds to like capture them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like not easy to do. Stand up, <laughs> like just stand up there and just have swagger and just look around and you know comment on if it's awkward or not or whatever, and then casually go into things. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I do, and that's why I say they don't give them Emmys away, brother. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? That is that is some that is some high wire act. Yeah. yeah. And I'll say this, I mean, with stand-up, uh, I mean, I've done it for 16 years, and I think that the the best writing I get done for stand-up is when other comics watch and give me notes. And then one of the notes you'll take in, and you'll play it around with in your head, and then you'll be able to take it on, on stage the next time. I mean, comics are always the biggest helpers when it comes to each other for the most part like especially if like you know they're friends of yours man they'll they'll always you know be able to throw you advice or or help with some they'll see something in that set or that joke and be like oh well what if you try to change this punchline to this or what if you add another tag on the end of that like and say this and that stuff over the years man i i've just you know it's something that's so appreciated by me and yeah. i know just from doing stand-up for so long that uh you know i try to do back to other people so you know whenever you know, whenever you're on stage, like, you know, always just, you know, tell, tell whoever's there, like, Hey, if you got, if you have any notes, like, let me know. I mean, that's always, I, mean, I think I just need to take like an initial joke writing course, like the amount of jokes that they go through for even update. It's like, take a headline and make a joke out of it. You know what I mean? If I can figure yeah. out that formula, then I can take what I see about a fucking doorknob and be able to put a joke to it. You know what I mean? Because it would trigger, I guess, whatever needs to be triggered. But for me to sit down and stare at a doorknob right now and be like, what's funny about that? I bang my head against the wall. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know well, it comes to time, man. It comes to time. I, Keenan, I, I, I got a book called uh, How to Be Funny by Steve Allen, and it had 12. He was a head writer for The Tonight Show and eventually hosted The Tonight Show before all these other Jack Parr and the rest of them. Hmm. And he puts 12 joke writing formulas in there. Oh, please. I got to have it. Yeah. How to be funny by Steve Allen. And I, I still can't write a joke to save my life. And one time Lauren goes, he goes, yeah, but you don't say things funny. You say things in a funny way. There, there is a difference. I mean, I'm like, I, don't know how to, I can't write a joke. Yeah. Like, Chappelle says he speaks funny very well. You know what I mean? And like he does, but there's a certain vocabulary and there's a certain, you know, course, you know, setting that he, you know, you set for an audience that's listening to you. Like you have to be on a subject that's heading somewhere. You know what I mean? And that's hard for me to figure out. It's like, Oh shit, I'm in fucking Cleveland. All right. How's everybody doing tonight? Past that. 
You know yeah. what I got. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. all the time, man, you'll figure out, like I said, like have other people help you. I mean, look at Chris Rock specifically. Chris used to have Louie help him with stuff and vice yeah. versa. Chris used to write Louie shit too. Like, I mean, they're always just notes, but <sighs> you know, sometimes they take it and they run with it. And sometimes they, you know, they go, all right, well, maybe that note will spark something else in my head. Right. You know? So comics. You always- know, I, when I was first starting out, I used to, I used to tape people on the Tonight Show doing standup or Letterman doing standup. <clears throat> and then what I would study was transitions. Mm-hmm. How do they get to the first joke? Right. They come out on stage. They've got, how did they get to the first joke? Yeah. Now, how do you go from Canada to New York in 15 seconds? Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I, I never really got that great at it, but I was at least able to suddenly go, Hey, I'm in Cleveland, but I got a New York joke. <laughs> you know what I mean? Love, love yeah. to be in Cleveland. Love to be in Metro where Cleveland's a great place. A little bit different than New York. Right, immediately. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's all of that is very helpful. So, you know, like, I, it's just being around it. But, but that's very hard, you know, when you're married and you have two small children. It's like, I'm falling asleep at 930. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, you got a lot going on. I mean, you got two jobs, basically. You, you know, know, plus, you know, the third job is being a dad, really. So, yeah. I mean, for going out and doing stand-up, man, you're, it, it, you know, it takes a lot to really go after that, you know? Yeah. I really, and- we really appreciate you, though, taking the time. Um, the daddy schedule is is a giant job by itself. Yeah, you already know, man. How, yeah. how old is your daughter now? She's pretty old, man. She's, uh, remember Mia? She used to come yeah. around the set all the time. Yeah. She does stand-up now. Amazing. So she's a yeah. full-blown person. Um, so um, is there anything you want to plug or anything? Like how long do you, I, I feel like how, I don't, I, I feel guilty taking up your time. Um, no, I'm during good. A, during I'm a daddy good. day. I, I carved out my, my, my time to be with you because I haven't, number one, haven't seen you in a while, but yeah. let alone been able to pick your brain. So no, oh I'm yeah, good. yeah. Well, I gotta say, man, when I met you at Gotham, and you know, I was talking to you after the first few minutes, and me and I said, I go, oh, by the way, I got a podcast with Daryl Hammond. Your eyes lit up, dude. You were like Daryl, like you got That's excited. Yeah, like how, I, you know, how, um, like what was it like when you came on the show and you, you had Daryl uh, working, with, you know, there? I mean, it, 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 like Tracy, advice and <laughs> Tracy calls Lauren Obi Lauren Kenobi, right? But for me. <laughs> Like, it was Daryl, you know what I'm saying? Like, Daryl was the one that can show you, like, how to use the force. Like, (laughs) I used to just watch him do Chris Matthews. And it wasn't like everybody loved or even knew who Chris Matthews was or cared. But the way he went about it and his inflections and all of that, like, this is not just a voice I'm doing, but I'm actually being this kind of character. It showed the appreciation showed in laughter, you know what I'm saying? And that's what I was always like hungry for whenever I would step out there, because that seemed like that was the whole point of even saying anything on Saturday night live. Like how dare you go out there and be not funny? You know what I'm saying? Like all the people that want to be there, but let alone all the people that have come through there and done amazing things. You know what I'm saying? So watching Daryl was just like, you know, he was, uh, kind of my connection to that you know previous you know generation of the cast you know what I'm saying like when they were all you know budding movie stars and shit and the people that we know now you know what I'm saying so 
it was just, you know, kind of a, 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 just a legacy that was set, you know, like a list of how to be, a list of how to perform, how to take it seriously. You know what I mean? How to mind your own business, you know, just come in and fucking vampire out and just do what you do. And that's all that matters type shit. You know what I mean? Like, what does vampire, what does vampire out mean? That just, you know, kind of get into your own kind of space or whatever. Like when you're sleeping. Yeah. And just stay in your world, basically. Yeah. You do a lot better over there if you stay in your own hula hoop. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, do not be getting up on the people's grill, man. No, it's just too much going on, you know what I mean? And then there's too many personalities to deal with. And you don't have time to really know who's going to show what face when. (laughs) Yeah, You can't think about shit like that. And then, you know, because everything is breaking and breaking and changing, everything is written in disappearing ink. Everything is changing. You just don't have time to get involved in, in some, what someone else is doing until they intersect with you. Exactly. You know? Yep. I mean, uh, when, when he, he'd already been on for a few years, like you said, you know, uh, so like, I know that a lot of times people look up to, you know, guys that have been there for a while. Like with you, I feel like a lot of people look that, look at you that way when they're new cast members, man. I mean, we've had, yeah. like I said, you know, a few, com- a few uh, SNL cast members that have, been on our podcast and they said the one common thing is everybody goes yo keenan is my guy like yeah. always like they go you know when we when i started he was always the guy that, that embraced me and and wanted me to succeed and wanted to show me the ropes and, and and give me that insight on how to how to do this show like is that is that something that you you know you've always like strived to do for these a lot of these new guys or yeah absolutely I mean, been, been a, while. a thousand percent because like I said, like my older brothers and sisters did it for me, like Daryl, Tracy, Maya, you know, Polar and all of them, Tina, Jimmy, like that whole era, you know what I'm saying? And then growing up in it, learning from them with people like, you know, Sudeikis and, you know what I'm saying? Like Kristen and, you know, that whole like Sandberg hater era, but also like Fred and Forte kind of, you know, about to graduate, just like, people that took comedy very seriously, but also knew where they worked and took that very seriously as well. So if I could pass that along and and that doesn't get lost in the sauce because now I'm the old guy or whatever. And all those guys are, you know, off into whatever, then it's, it's on me to keep that alive. You know what I'm saying? So that's the only way that, you know, I think you can just commit to that kind of madness of a schedule. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's very demanding when shit can be very sweet for you if you're on in LA and you can just do a show two months out of the year and get overpaid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for sure. I mean, I think I've read a thing on one time that where Lauren Michaels called you the glue that keeps the the shows together. I mean, yeah. so that's, that's a pretty good compliment, man. I feel like that's a, it's, it's, that's it's, it's crazy. a lot of crazy, nice things, you know what I'm saying? And I don't, I don't know. Like I really appreciate it, but it, it freaks me out, you know, even hearing that that guy has my name in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he seems like such a like mysterious, polarizing figure. Like I've never met him, but I mean, everyone yeah. we've had on here is like it's like the Godfather. Like you kiss the yeah. ring, he presents it. Otherwise, like it's his reputation, him. but also his power. But like in person, as a person, he couldn't be sweeter. He's a little Canadian guy. Yeah, you know no one, I mean? no one's ever said anything bad as far as like everyone's like he's, he's the nicest guy. He's just that mysterious 
figure, like that polarizing figure where like you're almost scared to talk to him sometimes. But when you do, yeah, I mean, he's, he's a warm guy. I've told this story before, but I'm going to tell Keenan. So, Chris, you can cut it out if you want. I've told it on this podcast before. You know, when Tracy got there, um, I really hit it off with him, and we were talking. Then maybe we'll, uh, we thought, you know what? Let's go. Let's go see the big man. Let's go see the boss, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So we go in that corner office, and you know, he's sitting there, and you know how the, these these twenty something uh, impressive young people come in with folders left and right, and He's signing this and he's signing that. And the phone rings and it's like Mick Jagger. And the way he commanded all of these forces at one time, we were just sitting there with our jaws on the floor. Like, yeah. well, where the fuck am I? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was in a Caribbean jail in 1993. Tracy, I don't know where you were, but I was in jail <laughs> like two years ago. And I'm sitting here and Jagger's calling and, and, right. and, and so we walk out of there, and uh, uh, I was like, Tracy, what do, what do you think? And he goes, he goes, ain't no eye rolling up in that motherfucker. <laughs> ain't no eye rolling up in that motherfucker. <laughs> and I was like, so I just got the blueprint on how to live here. Right. And basically what he was saying was, he was saying, this guy's a giant, okay? He, you should just acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. And when he tells you to do stuff, do it. Yeah. No, ain't no eye rolling up in that motherfucker. <laughs> Real. That's fucking. Tracy says some of the realest shit in the funniest way ever. Ever. I know. And he and he says it. He says he, he, he has this ability to sum up a whole day. Yeah. In one sentence with, with yeah. something like that. You're like, oh, now I know where I am. Yeah. I know where I'm at. And presidents come here and kings come here and nobody in the Western world doesn't return this guy's call. And, oh, yeah, I'm pretty goddamn lucky All to be people. here. And he, like, he just set the template for me, like, here's how I'm going to act. Yeah. Yeah. Sharp. <laughs> so I'm going to move forward here. I'm going to just be like, yes or no, sir. Yeah, exactly. And that's how it goes, man. Like, I put my fucking head down and do my work. Yeah. yeah. How was um how was your audition there? Because we've talked about Daryl's audition. Daryl got uh, turned down twice before he got it, I believe, right, Daryl? Yeah, I got down. I guess I, I think that you know I found out later was because they were had me in mind to succeed Phil Hartman. Mm. He was still there, but they kept bringing me in uh, to see what I had and if I was still fresh and still healthy and mm-hmm. and still available whenever he decided to retire. So I think that's what was happening. Mm. Yeah, yeah for me, it was like my first time doing stand-up ever. And they were like, come up with five minutes and, uh, you know, come to New York and do it at the stand-up New York, small-ass comedy club. And stage was in- insanely small, so there was no cheating by, you know, physical activity, basically. It was all about, you know, your your mental game, basically. And I was very scared, but, you know, I just, I was still kind of reckless or whatever. So I just kind of fired off with like a sound effect of a phone ringing. And it was a conversation between like Sharpton and Schwarzenegger. Right. And I didn't really have a Schwarzenegger, but I had a sharp Sharpton or whatever. So I'd lean kind of on that. And they were talking about like water supply. It was not funny, but you know, I just jumped in doing impressions basically instead of 
acknowledging the crowd or something like how's everybody doing tonight and having like a set you know what i'm saying so i'm coming like off of nickelodeon and fresh off of barbershop two basically so (laughs) (laughs) didn't have like jokes prepared um but i did it you know i don't even remember what else i talked about or whatever and i saw kel there at the audition i hadn't seen him in like a couple few years or whatever since we left nickelodeon and that was awkward as fuck and was he auditioning too yeah he was auditioning too okay no everybody auditioning they made do stand up i guess and uh who are we talking about kel who we did a show with on nickelodeon oh yeah 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 sure sure. yep and then uh i got the call back to go into the stage and i felt better about that you know what i'm saying because it was 8h was in the studio cameras like i'm used to that that's more of like you know a kid in his room kind of playing with himself or whatever, like not playing with himself, but like <laughs> playing in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> watch those, uh, watch those phrases. <laughs> yeah. So I did it, you know, again or whatever, you know, added maybe a minute or so. And that was that. And I left and like, I felt okay about it. You know what I'm saying? But I didn't feel like I killed necessarily. Like I heard some laughs, but like I said, I didn't have any material. You know what I mean? Like I didn't have a set and I didn't have a written out, you know, sketch thing that I had gone through like Second City or the Groundlings like working on, you know what I mean? Like I had nothing written out, basically. I was just like me and my manager sat in his office and tried to like write up some shit, basically. (laughs) So I was really flying by the seat of my pants and I just felt like I don't know if I got that man or whatever but, you know, I felt like I had to let it go especially after I didn't hear for a couple days and, you know, I was like well, I fucking tanked it, whatever. And then like a week later they were like, we want you to try out one more time or whatever but this time at the laugh factory in la and i was like well here we go with the fucking stand-up once more you know what i'm saying and like comedy crowd beyond nervous because it was down to like just me and like four other comics and they were all like you know brilliant stand-ups like jb smooth you know finesse mitchell kyle grooms you know what i'm saying people like that right so they were all killing destroying you know what i mean tearing the room down big laughs. I'm waiting on my turn. I'm so nervous. I'm drinking water out of the fucking bathroom faucet just because like I couldn't quench my thirst. I was just like bugging out. And then I had my one friend in the audience and I I did my whole show basically just to him (laughs) and just ran out of there. And then the next day they called and they were like moved to New York. And that was that. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, we talked to, I believe it's Brooks Whelan and, um, I've been friends with Brooks from before he had SNL. I like, love Brooks. He's yeah, he's, he says nothing but great things about you, man. I remember that he, he was very much high praise on you. But like um, when I've known Brooks, I mean, since I moved to L.A. in 2008 doing stand up out there and then uh, New York in 2014. Mm. But like when I met Brooks, is probably around that time, like 2008, 2009, somewhere in there. And, uh, you know, he's doing stand up and he was killing. He was doing like, you know. He was different, which was great. And then, like, it was, it was fun to see something different. Like, he just was, he's so funny. He's so fucking funny. Um, but he talked about, he bombed. Like, he bombed his SNL audition. He was, like, he did it, like, I.O. West or something in the back of that little, like, improv theater. That I don't think it exists anymore, unfortunately. But, like, he said, he's like, ah, he's like, you know, he's I'm so fucking pissed. I, you know, I was like, because he had, he had a job as a scientist. Right. Like, he was legitimately <laughs> working, like, a real job. Yeah. And, like, you know, he flew out to New York and he kept telling like his scientist job. He's like, ah, you know, like, I don't, I don't know when I'll be back. Cause they don't give me a date to leave. 
right. you know like it like it's but he he bombed his uh io west one but he still he was he said he was shocked that he got the call to go to new york and mm. he was like oh fuck and then he went to new york and they just kept him on weight like on this holding pattern and then they finally gave it to him obviously but like you know he was just like fuck am i quitting my real job <laughs> or right. just you to know wait. Am yeah I quitting my life to wait yeah, he didn't know what to do. Like his real job was like, dude, you've taken off so much time, and he's like, I don't care. It's SNL, motherfuckers. Like, <laughs> that's what's but, so crazy about it. And that's why Lauren Michaels is so polarizing. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's he just no rhyme or reason sometimes. Yeah. You know, so, you know, you he just sometimes just sees what he wants to see, or you fit a role he's looking to fill. You yes. know, and the cast there. Like, I mean, we've talked to we've had Godfrey on, and Godfrey's an absolute you know beast on stage he crushed yeah. like destroys rooms and he auditioned like five times on snl and he never got it and i just don't so under I, it's baffling but you know he may not have been right each time as far as like he may have not have been the right fit that maybe they were waiting to see if somebody was leaving and you know like daryl like they were waiting for you know phil hartman to leave for to bring him in like there's just like all these other things that people don't really you don't really, you know, know because it's it's all basically on Lorne and, and the people there. But like, you know, and, and the sucks is for the people that don't get it, they don't really find out why. You know, that's it's the worst part about it. Sometimes you're just like, whoa, fuck, like why did I get it? It, it, it really helps being there if you don't make up stories in your head about what you think Lauren Michaels is thinking. <laughs> A thousand percent. Just take because what is I'm being not helpful. as smart as him. I don't know this. I don't know how to produce a TV show. I don't know that anyone has ever really known how to produce that show but him. And there's only one show like it. And if you ever yeah. sit and talk to him for any length of time, you're like, I don't know about you, Keenan, but I remember sitting there going, Jesus Christ, this motherfucker's smarter than me. Oh, forget about it. <laughs> oh, my God. Just <laughs> put him at dinner when he's not even talking about, like, book learnedness. He's just talking about movies I haven't seen or TV shows I haven't watched yet or plays that, you know, I'm like, I'm never going to fucking catch up to this guy. Like, never. I, I went in his office once to ask him if I could play George Bush <laughs> after Will Ferrell and he did like, I swear to God, it was like 10 minutes on daffodils and this is all I could tell you. <laughs> this is all I could tell you. When I came out of there, yeah, I realized that I'd been rejected yeah, and then, but I felt like I was carrying. I felt like I was carrying a birthday cake. Like he was like, I didn't feel bad about it, but I realized he didn't give me the part, and he let me down in the softest possible way by just changing the subject. Soft as a daffodil, he let you down. I'm not. I'm not kidding you, man. It was something else. And I was like, wow, that's what they talk on the internet. You have three dimensions, four dimensions, twelve dimensions. So I'm like in three dimensions. He's like in six. Seven. Woo. Yeah, you lost me. Out there. I'm out of there. I got like maybe a dimension and a half for you. Same. Like, I got just enough to get to the studio and show me where the mic is. That's you know, all I got. That's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. 18 years for you and then 14 for Daryl. You guys have definitely, you know, put in your time over there and you've, you've You've seen a ton of sketches, obviously. Like, what you know, what what stands out? Maybe is one of your favorite sketches, or maybe a sketch that you love that never made it on the air. Uh man, there's a few that. Uh, there was this one that uh, Tim Robinson wrote. If you haven't seen his show on Netflix, you should. Oh, check it's it. it's so brilliant. I keep telling Daryl we got to get him on the podcast. He's so funny. But he's insane. <laughs> uh, him and Zach, uh, his writing partner at the time, I don't know if they still write together. I hope they do. Um, 
they wrote this sketch where I was like a, a like a funeral organist or something that had, came in with like this big jalopy of an organ that had all these kind of switches and knobs and like I would play all these like you know crazy songs and like break plates and all this shit it was like one of the funniest things I've ever read at the table because it was just so ridiculous and did it, it make it on air or no no it never did it, uh, was, it was they couldn't imagine building the concoction basically no come on man that sucks <laughs> <laughs> yeah that shit was crazy though yeah, I think it was it Brooks that told us that he, uh, somebody mentioned him a couple times, but like he talked about there was a sketch that it got approved all the way down to like, it's supposed to be the last sketch on like, a, you know, on the, on the, you know, the final ep- on the episode or whatever. And it was a sketch where like uh, King Kong rapes him. <laughs> and like he said he goes i can't believe that i pitched it and they went for it number one but number two like it made it all the way down and he goes i was so pissed that it didn't get on because it was just this thing where they become like he ends up in like a relationship with king kong <laughs> and then like he goes and it then it didn't get it didn't it got cover time um because everything ran long because it's supposed to be the last sketch and then he said then I tried to get it on the next week and they just looked at me like I was nuts. And he's like, you have to repitch it. And they're like, well, you no, know, no, we're not doing this again. And he was like, but it was like literally ready to go last week. Like, yeah. that, that amongst many things, that is definitely one of the most frustrating when time goes by on an idea or the fact that they've heard it before, you know what I'm saying? When something's burned. So and you're like, ah, oh, man. I and mean, especially if it was already approved, you're like, well, why not? Like, why don't we do it? Like, Bring it back. It didn't get used. Let's go. It's because like a set didn't arrive from Brooklyn. It couldn't get there by dress rehearsal. So they didn't, they felt like putting other things through blocking and they couldn't wait on it. Yeah. You know, okay. Last week the set was available. It's not, it's not available this week. They're using it on another show. It's yeah, it's, it's live. So there you go. Yeah. Little shit like that. And they want to just keep moving on with something else, something newer, but, uh, I don't know, Daryl. Do you want to um, do you want to ask Keenan anything else before we uh, wrap it up here? Um, I want to ask him if he'll do a show with me. That's all. Yeah, yeah man. I'm the New York. Be on stage for that. Let's do it, man. We'll call it the formula of stand up, and it'll be my learning lesson. I'll, I'll set it up for you guys if you want to do it. We'll, we'll rock out. We're, we're I'm, I'm begging you. Yeah, we'll make it seem like I'm learning on the fly, but it'll be written. But I'll really be be the one learning because I'm going to watch him. <laughs> do that yeah. thing he does when there are people he gets in front of a crowd of people he's never met before it's crazy right Keenan, you never met these people no and i probably will never see them again a lot of the time but you got to figure out how to make them laugh and you got to do it fast you that, you have to that's the whole thing there is no not doing it because if yeah. you're bombing at that point which can be funny in itself if you stay in the moment you know what i mean but like yeah panicking and not embracing reality, I think can be your two worst enemies from what I've noticed, basically from, you know, my worst enemy in the beginning for me was when I would be doing material. I just did on Letterman or something in front of a crowd and they wouldn't be laughing at it. And um, I would get angry with the crowd and I discovered that when you get angry with the crowd, the show is over. Oh yeah. Once it's like, Oh no, like, you know, a harsh moment where they like, you know, kind of review, you know, repel basically. It's a wrap. You can't pull them back in. You're only going to get 
back to like, oh, he was okay. You know what I'm saying? You you lost their if friend. You, yeah, if you're lucky. I mean, I can remember the nights where the audience hated me and I hated them and the show was over and I had 32 more fucking minutes. 32 more minutes of shit to try to... Yeah, like, yeah. and we hate each other. Like, I did this thing for... Uh, I, don't, I shouldn't say the corporation, but it's one of the big food chains. Um, big breakfast. Uh, national breakfast places and you know, before the show, <clears throat> I've the guy said we're delaying a few minutes um, because they have uh, they're they're praying. And I said, wait a minute. So it's a prayer group. Mm-hmm. The guy goes, well, yeah. I go, mm-hmm. do do they know I'm from Saturday Night Live, mm-hmm. <laughs> where we <laughs> routinely use words like ball gag, right? <laughs> do they know I'm from SNL, and I'm going to be telling. Sh- Bill Clinton's stories, and they're like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Uh, well, I went out there and I did six. I bombed for sixty minutes. Man. That's awful. And I mean, I just remember. But you thinking, still got paid. <laughs> no, I didn't get paid because I. No? They did. They wanted to contest. They didn't want because I violated the contract. Oh. I, I started. No, I was blue. I wasn't planning yeah. on working Still blue. Should have paid you something, man. Like, but after like eighteen, twenty-two minutes of insufferable silence. With all these little kids running around going, Daddy, why is that man up there? Why, Daddy, Daddy? <laughs> like, I went out there and I went, so anyway, I used to play Bill Clinton and all the, ch- there were children. Oh, yeah. Daddy! Like, what's funny to those people? You know what I mean? Like puppets or something? Talking about immigration? Uh, you know, I don't know. From the wrong side of it? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you never know, man. 32 more minutes. Yeah. That's all. Oh man! Well, I mean, I appreciate I, I appreciate you guys' fucking time and letting yeah, me. We appreciate you, dude. Up, man, it's, thank you, Ken. So intriguing to me, man. It was like one of those things that if I were to ever do it, I would want to like make sure I dedicate it the way that it deserves. You know what I mean? Like motherfuckers be sleeping on people's couch just to try to get you know five minutes at the cellar just to be in New York and shit like that. So yeah. It's not something that I would want to take lightly and just do a special because I might have a name or something like, yeah, well, I, I mean, be funny. You know what I mean? And well, the offers on the table, I, I've told you, man, if you want to come in on Tuesday nights, like I, you know, most people listening that know that I, I host a lot and run the show on Tuesday nights at Gotham, uh, eight o'clock. And, uh, if you ever want to come in even just do five, man, like yeah. you're always welcome to, and that's how we all start. We all start with five minutes, man. Yep. You know, you take that five and you build into the next five and then you keep going, building, building, building. And yeah, that's man. how you get it. I mean, look, I mean, you probably won't want to just stick to five once you get up there and you're doing well with your five. You're like, all right, well, let's keep going. But the offers. We'll the figure that out. So, I appreciate so, it. And if I call my agent and I said, listen, Kenan Thompson wants to do a show with me. Be like a co-headline type show, flip flop. I'll open. He'll, you know, it'll, just, it'll be an hour and a half of both of us. You know, sometimes I'll open, sometimes he'll. Would you? I'm going to tell him that. That's okay, right? You want to do a show? I mean, why not? Oh, right. I mean, I think we can figure that out. I'm going to pitch. Yeah, it. You'll sell it out in a, in a heartbeat, or you know, if you don't want to, if you don't want to go through agents, I know a guy that'll set it up. Well, why don't you <laughs> set it up? I can't. I can't. Anytime you guys need. Do is workshop it once. Once we workshop it once, then I know what I'm doing. Like it's just like a person. Well, you could also come in and warm up at Gotham too. You know, come do some quick sets and uh, you know just pop in a couple weeks and before that, and then you can ready to rock. I mean, um, you guys are going back to work at SNL. What end of August, right? Uh, End of September. 
yeah. end of September. Okay, so you got a little time before uh, that picks back. And when does Keenan uh, season two start? That's starting in a couple of weeks. So oh, so that's coming know. up quick. Yeah, we'll figure it out. I'll, when I'm in New York a lot, I'll start popping by for sure. Okay, yeah, we'll figure it out, man. We'll set it up, and and I'll I'll make Daryl fly back to New York, and we'll uh, we'll rock out. Yeah, thousand percent. A show yeah. all together, man. Oh, before we let you go, man, I gotta ask, like, dude, the Mighty Ducks, man, it's one of one of my favorite, you know, movies of all time. They, I, I've been Come hearing on. these these rumors. You're coming on for the uh, the the TV show coming up. Shit, I mean, if they can schedule it, I gotta go to fucking Canada. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, that's what they want to do is in Canada, or is that where you're shooting? Where they're shooting in Canada. I'm like, oh. why the fuck would you be shooting up there? You know what I mean? Like, there's tax benefits every fucking where. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Make yeah. it convenient for mofo's, but. We'll see. If I, if I got a pocket of time and it, it works out, yeah, I'll fucking hop back on them skates. No problem. Yeah, man. I mean, people love that, dude. That was such a great movie, obviously. And uh, now that you're, you know, it's a TV show back again, right? Like, so yeah. trying to get you on for season two is what I heard the the old rumors. Yeah. I mean, I I was supposed to do it for season one, but the schedules could not coincide. But, you yeah. know. Well, now that Canada's opened up, uh, you, you can travel if you're vaccinated. You're, that's the, the rules now. So, yeah. I mean, it seems at least it's plausible now with the uh, with all this COVID stuff, so. Yeah, I mean, it'd be nice to see Emilio after all these years. I haven't seen him since I was, like, 16 years old. Oh, so. shit, really? Haven't seen him since? No. Wow. Just paths have not crossed. Well, fuck, man. I hope it happens. I hope it works out, because that's something that everybody wants to see. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I I know I speak for Daryl. I appreciate you you doing the podcast, man. And it was yeah. really great, great meeting you the other, you know, a couple weeks ago at Gotham, and I'm glad we were able to do this, dude. And likewise, man, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Daryl, you know how I feel about you. I love you. Love you too, Keenan. Oh, man. Well, you guys enjoy. Best All of right. luck in your podcast. I mean, I I should mention my podcast, but you can do like a... Oh, yeah. Plug your podcast. Plug anything you want. Let's go. Just do a disclaimer after. Like, he, by the way, he has a podcast as well. Name is, 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 oh, your podcast. Tell, yeah. Say your podcast right now. It, um, our podcast between me and my buddies called You Already Know, but we're also starting a network. So just look out for it. You know what I'm saying? Keep okay. the Google okay. cracking. Well, sweet, man. Well, uh, everybody go check out that podcast and obviously watch Keenan season two because it's going to need a season three, man. So we got we to gotta get those ratings so. up. I hope so. Fingers crossed. Go back and watch the old episodes of season one. That's out there, I'm sure, on Peacock, uh, you know, on the, the virtual network. I'm sure you can find it on that. And obviously, Saturday Night Live, what, 18th or 19th season for you? I'm about to start 19. 19, Crazy. man. Yeah. That's, that's impressive. So, I mean, obviously, guys, uh, you, you know, check in for that. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be – I heard it's going to be different. Like, you know, there's some cast members leaving and then some, you know, we got a bond, but, you know, new ones coming in from what I heard. So We'll see. I hope. I mean, so it'll, it'll, be, uh, it'll be a fun, you know, fun, uh, a fun one to see this new season. So yeah. uh, thank you again for being on our podcast, man. I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, best of luck on the, on the new season of, uh, of Keenan coming up. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Y'all have a great day. There, I'll see you soon, I'm sure. I'll see you soon. All right, bye-bye. Take care. <laughs> Guys, that was Keenan Thompson, the legend, the SNL legend starting season 19, man. That's impressive. That's, I mean, that's just, you know, that's awesome. He's, he's like, I want to do 20 seasons. You know, like, that's that's pretty cool. I like that Gandalf. I like that he liked the Gandolfini story. Oh, yeah, dude. That's a great story, man. Just the, yeah. the, the phrasing, the Jesus. <laughs> yeah. You should throw that on the Instagram. Absolutely. We'll cut it up and we'll uh, we'll throw it out there so everybody can kind of check it I out. I forgot all about that story. Yeah. I mean, everybody, make sure to check out Keenan's podcast. Obviously, like I said, check out his, you know, his, his TV show on NBC called Keenan. 
and uh, make sure you follow all of us on social media. He's uh, at Keenan Thompson, uh, you know, Daryl at Daryl C. Hammond. I'm Chris at Chris Milhouse. Uh, and Jim, our uh, producer, is at Jim Search. Uh, make sure you share the post and rate us. Like I said, guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, any final thoughts on the uh, on the podcast today, Daryl? You want to share? Um, I was a little touched by his the nice things he said. I was a lot touched. I told you, man, when I saw him at Gotham and I told him that I had the podcast with you, his eyes lit up. And that wasn't me just saying that. Like, he really did get so excited. And he said that he was like, you're my dude. I love you. You know, I love you. So, like, he was really, like, you know, excited to... Uh, to do this podcast and you know a lot of a lot of people like you know like him he's so busy i just appreciate that he took the time to be on so me too very cool but guys thank you so much for listening uh we'll be back with another awesome episode coming up soon with uh, the legendary richard mark so stay tuned for that and uh in the meantime you guys enjoy your week enjoy your weekend whatever day it is you are listening uh we appreciate you listening so have a good one